Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Show, the podcast series that takes the educational experience of Cannabis Conference to the airwaves. My name is Eric Sandy, and I'm the digital editor of Cannabis Conference and Cannabis Business Times. We are nine episodes in, and time is flying. So far, we've been highlighting the world-class operators who will be speaking at the event in just a few weeks, August 24th to the 26th in Las Vegas, and we are going to continue that mission. You can learn more about the show at CannabisConference.com, and you can go beyond the show by subscribing to this podcast. This week, we're speaking with Salpi Boyajan, the Executive Vice President and Board Chairwoman of Flower One. She is also on the Cannabis Conference Advisory Board, helping to plan the event. Salpi joined Flower One in October 2018, following the acquisition of NLV Organics, a renowned consumer brand and luxury cultivator she co-founded in 2014. Through the acquisition, NLV Organics remains a prominent in-house brand partner to Flower One and has recently been recognized as the top-selling flower brand in the state of Nevada. A serial entrepreneur and operator, Salpi has a background in the field of psychotherapy and is a licensed clinician and psychotherapist. At Cannabis Conference, she will be speaking on the panel how to launch a cultivation business. We talked about that and much more, so please enjoy my conversation with Salpi Boyajan. Thank you, Salpi, for joining us today on the podcast. Very glad to have you here. Of course, uh, we'll be talking about how to launch a cultivation business, which is a very broad topic, uh, but I figured maybe we could begin in the past, and we'll spend most of the conversation in the present, but I did want to circle back to the founding and the launch of NLV Organics, which uh, in many ways set the stage for what's happened since in your career. So in terms of launching a cultivation business, going back to NLV Organics, I wanted to start with maybe another broad question, and that is, what were some of the early visions or goals that you had that led to that launch? Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, I wanted to Thank you for having me. I, I really appreciate this time and the time to basically speak my truth and tell my story, right? So thank you for that. Um, NLV Organics absolutely started back in 2014, and it, it started on a dream that my significant other and I had of kind of, you know, what we, we, we were all either thought or ex expectations of what we wanted to do because we both our true cannabis users, we, we, we have some very core beliefs in what the plant is about. And, and I'm, of course, I've got personal stories of why I even got into this industry. But that all came out of that. We were literally looking to find another type of company to start and invest in. And, and cannabis came on our radar literally out of, out of the blue for us. And there's so much more that I could talk about. But that's kind of how it started. We, we came into cannabis coming into it wanting to do something, obviously, as financially we thought was going to be very rewarding, but we knew we could do more than just that piece of it. And because we were such true believers in it, we felt like we would be ideal people to do or build a company that actually meant something to people. So that's kind of how the, the vision came together for NLV Organics and what it was about. And NLV Organics also, by the way, turned 
into what I started out of the company was the brand that we developed, which we use NLVO, which is just the acronym for that. And the brand itself is also the big piece of it that came out of building that company and is now been consistently over the last few, I would say in 2021, one of the top three brands here in Nevada. So coming from 2014 to 2021 and how hard we worked to build not only the company and the brand is all of what came together out of that. I definitely want to circle back to the branding aspect of it, as well as just the, the number of years that have passed since then and, and all that's changed in cannabis. But you did sure. mention um, some personal stories and some, some reasons that got you into cannabis. And so one thing I was wondering is, you know, there's a lot that goes into launching a business, of course, the team, uh, the regulatory side of it, all sorts of things. But in cannabis, especially, there is the passion. And every successful entre entrepreneur in cannabis has that passion driving them. So could you talk a bit about that and what, where you derived your passion to get into cannabis early oh on? Oh my gosh, I would love to, yes. I think every time people, if it's, it's, I wish you, if you could meet me in prison, the number one thing that I always get a comment back from people is, wow, you, you're, you're so passionate. You, 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 you can clearly see that you love what you do. And, and I really hope that that gets naturally conveyed by me because I truly believe that. But yeah, the, I mean, the passion, like I said, initially, I would say my, my personal true story is for starting with using it as a medical relief terms of my migraines. I have got over 20 plus years of dealing with my migraines. And I initially used to use something we've heard a lot about out there with the Vicodin, right, use. And I was heavily using Vicodin at a certain point of my life. Being able to openly, without judgment, use cannabis for the pain relief was something that was very, to my core, um, amazing. But even to get me to that point, it's all thanks to my significant other who even told me one day, I mean, I was in miserable pain and said, just try it. And for me to even be able to get to that point, that, that, that's now over 17 years ago. Here we are today, fast forward, that all I want to do is help people understand the significance of what this plant's benefits are the health benefits, the mental health benefits. I'm also, by the way, a licensed marriage and family therapist. So I come from a clinical background. So I'm a big believer on where the future is going to take us with cannabis for pain relief, for mental health stability. And these are the type of things that really truly mean something to me outside of just being a, an amazing business and just being so lucky. Honestly, we're so privileged to do cannabis for a living right now. So, so that, that's kind of my two coinciding worlds right now that, I, I, that brings my passion out, hopefully, like I said, very clearly when you meet me in person. Yeah, well, absolutely. And of course, very excited to see you in person in, uh, in Vegas uh, very shortly yes, at Cannabis Conference, right. uh, along, with, along with all of our listeners here. And you, know, you mentioned the very exciting future of cannabis. So I might... Uh, Fast forward a little bit back to 2021, um, and the future is very exciting in cannabis, and we do have a lot of people coming to the show who are considering getting into the industry, who may be drawn to it for similar reasons or their own personal reasons. So I was wondering, you know, as those years have passed since the launch of NLV Organics, and with everything that's happened, is it getting harder or easier to get into this space, or... <laughs> 
in 2021, what should someone be thinking about if they do want to get into the space in the next year or two? Yeah, that's an amazingly great question because I ask that to myself a lot, right? I mean, one of the things when <laughs> whenever I meet people that have been around from, I would say, the 2014, 15 days, especially here in Nevada, the first, we were like the first group that kind of started all of this. The, I always say the first group of owners that tried to be owner operators in the industry. But it, it's definitely, my number one learning is how hard this is. I always say that when I meet people, having come from my background with mental health and working in healthcare for over 20 years, doing regulatory work for all of those years, I always say this cannabis side of it has probably been the hardest business I've had to start in my life. And, and it continues to be hard. And I, I understand why, but it's definitely more than I ever expected. And, and I don't mean that for just one piece of it. Every aspect of this somehow has become just harder. And it's, it, I'm trying to help explain what I mean by harder. But financially, for example, what we initially thought the investment was supposed to be to help us get to a certain place was we were way off, right? So we really had to financially be prepared. And in the beginning, it was just us. We, we, we did this with our money and my one uncle's money. So financial is a big piece of this. I think everybody underestimates. And I hope these days people have a more realistic idea of what it really takes. And I think I speak about this a lot with people and a lot of people agree with me. So there's definitely the financial piece. I would say the second thing in terms of what's gotten harder is learning to understand how to read into the compliance and regulatory piece of it. Having done that myself for 20 years, you, I always say you have to understand how to read regulations, but you have to understand how to interpret regulations because you're still dealing with new regulators, a very new industry that is trying to be regulated. So there's, there's learnings happening on all, all ends, be it with the state, with, with the actual person standing in front of you who thinks they read it and read it a certain way and is now here holding you accountable for certain things of your business and how you run your business. So all of these things matter. So having the right minds around you and the team, luckily I've, I have a whole team around me now, right? Whereas when I first started with just us in our startup, it was me my significant other, we were both literally, one of us dealt with the front office, one of us dealt with the back. Fast forward to where we are today in 2021, I'm blessed to have a whole team of people around me that are very much hired to do specific pieces of that entire road that helped me get here. And that's been, that's been the big plus. You got to trust the people around you, helping you mind that regulatory piece of this, because that's where a lot of people can get caught up i would say with not understanding how significant and serious that is to what we do here there there's a big push to make sure cannabis businesses are operating as just on point right as possible and i completely completely understand that and then sometimes i feel like we're just so much boxed in as black and white but the actual growing of cannabis and and processing of it and maintaining the quality of it there's, I always say, so many nuances to that. And it doesn't always directly translate into how the regulations look at that. So you have to really be able to see that and see how that all comes together. It is not very much clear and straightforward. So, so I would say that's the next piece that we've evolved. For sure, we've evolved. 
and it's only getting harder. But but understandably so. So. Yeah, and I think uh, that's a really good point about the team and and the people involved. Obviously, uh, it's it's the the people themselves that make a company what it is. And so thinking about a launch in 2021 or 2022 in this, you know, newer, even more competitive landscape with a, a big, bright future ahead, what are some other professional backgrounds that might be helpful in cannabis? I know you mentioned your clinical background. You were talking about being able to interpret regulations and having financial backgrounds on the team. What are some other things that might be super important that someone might overlook in the early stages of a, of a business? Oh, that's okay. Let me, that's a good one. Cause I was going to say that the most obvious one, obviously with putting the team together as we grew as a company was finding the right, obviously the basic one is the growers, right? But growers come in many shapes and sizes. What I'm always talking about with my guys is finding they as a grower too, cause that's your number one. I would say the quality of the plant you grow and how you go about that and what does that mean? So, and that, that, that will be identified ultimately by the end user and being able to sell your product. But ultimately I always tell my growers, you can't only have your growing hat on. You have to have your business hat on as well, because where we are today in, in the business of growing and cultivating, I don't even want to just call it growing, cultivating cannabis they, the expectation with the regulations is so much stricter. Understanding how every decision we make impacts what the actual outcome is going to be when it comes down to just what you feed the plant, for example. And is anything possibly going to affect me passing testing down the line? I would say in the beginning, we weren't even thinking about what it meant to pass testing because we thought that that's not even a concern. That's a piece of cake. Like as long as I grow clean and I do and follow the true, not only cannabis, but more agriculturally, right, practices, we, we thought that that was going to be, that was not even a thought. So I would say that has been a very big piece of my brain that I've had to adjust. And, and, and it's, it's definitely a real thing. And what does it mean to pass testing? And with every state having some stricter, some less stricter in terms of their regulations, of you know the limits they have on what they test and how they test for it and and then and in general right now and it's i'm sure this is not any new news to people but we've got a lot of inconsistencies with the lab testing piece of it and the results you get and i'm i'm very close to all of the labs we've grown together we work together i'm always trying to understand how to do this better to ensure that we don't have any issues with passing testing so it, it's 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 still a lot of work in progress but it, this is definitely the one piece that fully slapped me in the face. I didn't think how serious it was going to be, but I would say it's a big part of my thinking every day today of ensuring what everything we do and how that will directly impact you passing testing. Cleanliness, simplest thing. But am I clean like a lab? You know, I'm growing plants here. But to a certain extent, yes, you have to consider this almost like a hospital for plants. And really taking that piece of it as seriously as possible, not only because when the state walks in and their expectations of how you, they call it, maintain your facility, you know, does is it in full, you know, working condition? There's nothing out of, it's called disrepair. 
that's one piece of it. But wear and tear is a real thing on this business, right? So that's number one, keeping your facilities fully up to par as often and as, as much as you can, because it takes, it's daily. It's a daily constant process that you have to really focus on. So that's the big piece of it. But what does it mean to pass testing? And the cleanliness part, I've, I could say, is another direct correlation I have found to passing testing. The more we've treated our facility like hospital-level cleanliness versus what we've all come from, you know, growing, and what we consider just growing plants to be is a very different mentality that you have to have. Yeah, I think um, that's a super great tip, just uh, being able to engage with, with testing labs and, and certainly uh, everyone else up and down the supply chain. And it makes me think, too, of not only the state, but the local community. And I know in a lot of license applications, there's parts of the narrative that you're trying to explain to, to the state is a certain connection with the local community around you. So I was wondering if you could just sort of describe you know, the greater Las Vegas market and Flower One's, you know, engagement with the local community, especially with listeners coming out to Vegas uh, in the very near future here. I think that's definitely an area that has still a lot of room for growth because it's definitely something we very much value and, and even internally figuring out how to do a lot more community outreach is very important to us. So we're definitely, I, I, I guess, initially and what we've maintained is with my partner and myself to make sure that we've done personally all of the personal outreach it started obviously with the relationship building with our dispensary customers that that's your number one starting point but how do we take it beyond that and and make sure the community at large or the cannabis community at large understands who we are and why we do what we do and that that kind of goes to us actually now being able to, in 2021, as Flower One, having a true team, which is my IR and PR team, to make sure that that message is coming across and it's coming across accurately. So, so I'm, I'm lucky, like I said, to have that, but it's definitely top of mind. That's a big piece of this. I'm also personally big on the education piece of it. I believe that there's still a lot of, of new users or users that are still, you know, They've got a certain stigma attached to what it means to even be around cannabis sometimes, but there's still such a large population of people out there, I think, that have to understand what cannabis is today so that they're less scared of it, if that's the right way to put it. But that, that's a big piece of it that's really important to me that I really do my best to keep that out there as we're out there in the community, relationship building, talking to people, trying to be more involved in the community events with the team I have in-house as well, asking me to be out and about and just speaking my story and letting people understand what cannabis is really about, coming from people who are actually, you know, leading the company, it, it, it's got a different impact. So I really try to be as directly involved with that as I can be. Yeah, and this may be a good segue back into the branding part of the conversation that you brought up earlier. Um, you know, brand development and branding, these are very important topics in cannabis right now. Could you sure. describe why it's important in your view and to Flower One to have clear brands for, for consumers to, to understand what the company is and to develop some sort of relationship with that brand? 
Sure, sure. I, I would say first off as flower one, we, we, we pride ourselves in being a house of brands. So it's like, what does that mean? Well, at, when we put the company together, being one of the largest, I think we are the largest producer of cannabis here in Nevada, honestly. So being the largest in Nevada, we had to figure out initially as a company what that meant to be able to get our product out with the quality and expectation that it went with. And that's where branding comes in. You are doing what we were talking about earlier. You're, you're being able to educate the consumer. You're helping figure out what exactly your company and your product is about, not even company, but what your product is truly about and making sure that that messaging is coming across from the design of your packaging to, to the information you include on there. Are you more about a medical versus a recreational use customer? Are you here for the new user or the very experienced connoisseur user? So all of these discussions, decisions had to go into how we developed the brand. So with every brand that we currently partner with, each one of them brings something different to the table. So that's kind of where our mentality of House of Brands came in. We wanted to ensure that we had all the brands that we could, that we were working with to represent not only the value mid and premium brands, but also what they were about being more recreational or medical or more connoisseur level. So all of these things should go into the decision-making behind the brand. The brand is what helps us sell the cannabis product. It gives people something to attach and understand what it is and the purpose behind it. So that, that's kind of my opinion about branding. Yeah, and, and for someone who's considering a cannabis cultivation business launch or is in the very early days of their business, is it sometimes too early to think about brand development? Or um, I guess how does that figure into those early stages of a company's existence? Yeah, sure. Good question there, too. Um, I guess, in my opinion, depending on, first of all, where, what you, when you start up a cultivation business, deciding if you're going the route of creating a brand out of it, kind of how I ended up doing it, deciding to go about supporting other existing brands because of demand needs. So there's a couple of different ways, in my opinion, you can go about it. But just strictly focusing on developing your own brand, I don't think it's ever too soon because my, my starting point, as soon as I was working on getting the facility right, once we got it designed, once we started building, my brain already now started thinking next steps with the actual brand because you got to think about it. What, what are you, who are you trying to show that you are as the brand? What's your, what's your outreach going to look like? And then basic discussions and logistics. How long does it take to design something, approve it, test it, then order it and get it in your hands and have it in time? And how do you time all that to make sure you have packaging on site before you're about to launch your new brand? So, so all of this is a, a very calculated timing discussion that needs to take place sometimes, right? So really understanding how all that plays together is it's, it's a big piece of it. So I would recommend giving yourself as much time as possible. So you're not always, we're always sometimes stressing at the end because everything never comes together in the perfect time. They I would get lead times, but it doesn't mean lead times are always perfect, right? 
And then let's throw in another thing, the pandemic, <laughs> and what that has done to us logistically right now with all aspects of our business, with getting everything from packaging in our hands to raw materials, down to my nutrients and the blocks. So every single thing has been impacted. And this might be a reality of our lives. Again, there's theories, right? If it's going to be another year, two years, how long this is going to truly be. But for it's, it's, it's a real thing right now for us and how it's impacted us operating in 2021 and how we're dealing with it as we prepare to get ahead of it for what we see moving forward. Yeah, no doubt about that. And I think that's going to be um, in the background of pretty much every conversation at Cannabis Conference and, and of course, for many months to come at least. Um, you know, I was thinking uh, a couple of years ago, of course, we had a, a cover story about Flower One, and I'd recommend all of our listeners check it out on CannabisBusinessTimes.com. But in that story, uh, our editor, Michelle Samakis, she started it off with Flower One's motto, which is, of course, uh, first you get good and then you get big. And so I wanted to ask a question about the first part of that sentence, first you get good. And just how, in the, especially in the early days of a, a cannabis cultivation business, or really at any time, what are some ways that a, a business or, or a management team can assess itself and make sure that it's on the right path and that it is getting good? Okay. So let, me, let me address a couple points of that question. I, I think when that article initially came out was, was pre Kellen and myself, Kellen O'Keefe, who is our president and CEO. I'm currently the executive vice president and board chair of flower one. And, and I, I'm not sure how much everyone knows, but we did it. There was a change of control that occurred early of January of this year. So that, 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 that model came before we did, but, but I could address two pieces to that. I, I still would say I believe first you got to get good, then you get big. I think that's a big truth. And what I would say to that is one of the mistakes made early on here with Flower One, and, and, and we, we try to be very open and transparent about our learnings, right? So one of the true learnings is in order to get good, take your time and get good. Dial your rooms in. Dial your building in. Don't go full speed ahead thinking just because you guys designed something on paper with all the engineers, because I had it all too, that everything was going to be what we thought it was going to be. And then keeping in mind the, the, the time of year. So Nevada has some very dry weather, for example, a simple thing like that. All of those professionals that I had originally hired to design my simple dry room, nobody even thought to think, about, oh, wow, we definitely have humidity issues in Nevada or lack thereof. And how is that going to affect the overall, for example, drying process? And what should that mean for my design? So that's just one example. So for me, I guess, is as you grow the business, take it step by step through each process. Because there's, 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 there's first, obviously, how do I get my clones in here? Then about how am I going to do my veg process, right? What is going to be our growth cycle looking like? How many rooms am I going to build? Is it going to be an ongoing seven-day cycle? How do I want to go about the, the plan, right? Or am I going to just do the entire building at once on the same schedule? All of these things matter because even how you then manage what I call our WIP or the work in progress, that's a process because growing is just one piece of the puzzle here. Another thing that sometimes I would say gets overlooked of, 
The significance is your post-harvest process. How do you dry? How do you cure? Are you going to fully manic everything by hand? Are you going to be open to using equipment? Are you going to test out equipment? So, so all of this stuff is still part of your decision-making process. And in the meantime, you're using a very expensive commodity, cannabis, to test it out and hope it all works. So, so I guess that would be my first thing is take your time in the beginning to go step by step to make sure every piece of that puzzle is working right before you go at full speed ahead with your entire facility. Because that's how you're going to make sure all the equipment is actually working. So that, that's my number one, I would say to that. But I also wanted to speak on kind of who we are today as Flower One, kind of post restructuring. And again, all this came from the learnings. But my new, I would say, model that I live by is what we call the three C's of cannabis. Number one is cannabis, because we truly, truly love, love the plant. We believe in the plant, and we believe in what this plant is going to do. I would say for the quality of life of, of humans is how I look at it, especially coming, like I said, from my mental health background. The second one that I really believe in is culture. So that has been something that I've worked very hard to maintain being a larger company now as Flower One. When I first started NLV Organics, I, I had my touch point with every single employee on this every, every day basis. Everyone I knew by name, I had conversations with every day. We, we assess things, we discuss things. We, from the, the person who was doing simple things and just doing my packaging, down to working with my growers every single day. So I was involved in every piece of that chain every day. Having fast forwarding to today and Flower One being the, the largest facility in Nevada, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to maintain that same culture from me personally as the leadership team. And what does that mean? How does that even look in real time for us working with 300 plus employees now? And how do I go about doing that? So I am very big on maintaining the culture of your company, as, especially as it relates to cannabis. I do my best to make sure people know that working here is an honor and a privilege, but we, we all love what we do and why we do it. So that would be my second one. And the third one is collaboration. You cannot stop learning in this business. I'm always learning. I'm always getting better. I call it the evolution, right? It, it's a constant evolution because we are by no means at our best yet. So the, the road ahead makes me so excited because we've come so far already, but I know there's so much more ahead and that's just going to make us that much more amazing and better at this. So that, that's my three takeaways from my learnings. Absolutely. And it's certainly been a fun story to watch uh, from our perspective here at Canvas Business Times. And of course, very excited to sort of continue this conversation at Cannabis Conference. And so the one question that I've been asking a lot of speakers is, um, you know, just in terms of takeaways or maybe action items that attendees can bring back to their business after the show, what's something that you're hoping people can take away from this session, which of course is how to launch a cultivation business. It's a pretty broad topic. Uh, what are some things that you're hoping that someone can go back to their, their home or their business or their team and start implementing, uh, you know, in the near future. All right. Give me a second. That's a good question. I'm thinking about that. <laughs> I could come up with so many, but I guess what resonated with me as I was listening to you 
was the truth, if that makes any sense. I, I, I think starting this industry, I, I've been now here since, like you said, 2014, um, figuring out what's the truth, who's, who's telling me the truth, and who's just in it. Because once people hear you're doing cannabis, obviously you're coming into this with a certain financial expectation that, that no one's going to lie about. That's real. That's part of what, why you start a business, right? But the, the truth about what it takes to make put this company together and, and how hard it is. And it's not just the amount of money. It's about all the other pieces of the puzzle that goes into how you grow cannabis. There's so many nuances. There's so many ways to do it. There's so many consultants that I've dealt with and met with that ultimately now, obviously I would have a very different relationship with them because I'm a different brain today, seven years into this, but I think that's what it is, learning the truth, speaking and trying to get as much information as you can before making a decision. And, 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 and that, that's something that I've always done, so I always kept getting better, but it doesn't mean it was easy, and it doesn't mean we didn't make mistakes. So, so you're going to make some mistakes because not everything is accounted for by every person. Not everybody knows everything. I haven't found that person yet. So there's still a lot to learn. Absolutely. I think that's a, a great thing to keep in mind and, and certainly a great message for really the entire Canvas conference. And uh, Salpi, we're very excited to have you out there this year. And again, very thankful for you joining us on this podcast today. Awesome. I appreciate it. Likewise, and feeling is very, very mutual. Thank you. And that's a wrap on episode nine of Beyond the Show. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Salpi Boyajan from Flower One out in Las Vegas. Of course, we're going to be out in that part of the country very soon with Cannabis Conference 2021. This whole series so far has been building up to the event. We've been doing a lot of planning over at Cannabis Conference World Headquarters. And we, as a staff, are very ready to get out there for the show. Again, that's August 24th to the 26th. You can learn more at CanvasConference.com. Check out all the fantastic speakers. Check out all the educational sessions that we've lined up for three days in Las Vegas. And of course, as we continue up to the show and past it, stay tuned to this podcast. We're going to go beyond the show.